Hey man, good morning everybody. So good to see uh, all of you here. I want to welcome you once again. If you're new, if you're visiting, uh, we just, we love new people at Hope, even on frigid, cold Sundays. We're so glad that you uh, are here and visiting Hope. And as kind of a, a new year has officially begun, it's hard to believe that it's 2016. Now, some people say 2016, some people say 2016. How about 2016, if you're that kind of a person? If you just, that's what you would say. Really? How about 2016? How many of you didn't vote? Okay, awesome. Well, whatever it is, there's, there's a lot of uh, uh, things that come with a new year. A lot of you have maybe made New Year's resolutions, or you want to clean your house, or you're starting a new job, or, or uh, there's a change in your family, or whatever it is. Uh, this time of year brings a lot of different things for a lot of different people, but one of those that's pretty consistent is the idea that we want a fresh start, and that's kind of our theme this year at Hope. It's called Refresh. Everybody say refresh. refresh. Oh, say it like you mean it. Say refresh. refresh. Doesn't it just feel good to say that? Ah, refresh. Everybody go, ah. That's, that's what God wants us to experience. And I don't, I don't have met very few people that wouldn't say on a somewhat regular basis they are tired. They are exhausted. They are overwhelmed. They are stressed out. Does that describe you today? Any of those emotions? This year, the, the time of year kind of does that to us. I was talking to somebody the other day. I think I heard like three or four people say, is it March yet? Is it April? Yes. Well, don't wish for March because you know what happens in March in Iowa there's a blizzard or something like that, whatever it is. But I think people long for spring. We're kind of in the middle of winter, and you kind of have that feeling of, ugh, and it's hard to get out of bed. We need refreshing. We need refreshing. As we kind of listen to the community of hope, and as we talked as pastors at all the campuses, this theme continued to come up again and again and again. People are tired. People are exhausted. People are in need of rest. And we're not just talking about physical or emotional or mental rest. We're talking about getting filled up. People are asking, how do I get filled up in a world that seems to be constantly draining? In a world that's just constantly difficult. And, and many of us maybe have had that feeling of, I just give up. Isn't it easy to go kind of bitter and angry at life? Man, it's just hard. I can't get that job. Whatever it is, our finances are struggling, my marriage is struggling, my relationships are in disarray, whatever it is, and it's hard. We are in need of refreshment. Well, along comes good news. We didn't just come up with this theme by ourselves. Refresh is based on this awesome passage from Acts chapter 3. It's up on the screen. It's actually verses 19 and 20, but depending what translation you read, you'll find this. Let's read this together up on the screen. Repent, then, and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Jesus says not only is it possible to be refreshed, Jesus says, I'll tell you how. And that's what Pastor Mike talked about last week is this need to repent. So whatever direction your life is heading, if it's not heading in the direction of Jesus Christ, we're called to repent. We're called to turn around, to change our thinking, which is what repent literally means, to change one's mind, to change direction and go the other way. And what happens when we turn back to God? Our sins are wiped out, as we discovered last week, and then the times of refreshing come. So we can't keep going our own way and expect the blessing of God. A lot of times we say, well, Jesus, I'm going to kind of keep doing my own thing. And can you come and just bless whatever I'm doing? 
I had a college friend one time that had a sign in his dorm room that says, seek God's will, not your will with God's name on it. Okay? And there's a big difference. Turn around and then the times of refreshing will come. Whatever happened yesterday, whatever happened last year, Jesus says, I'm going to bring the refreshment that you are desperate for. We're going to say that word a lot over the next several months, refresh, refreshment. And it's kind of like, what does that mean? What are we talking about that, that in a spiritual sense? So I thought we would play around with this a little bit and say, okay, what does this mean actually maybe in a physical or in a mental sense? So what we're going to do is I want you to look at somebody next to you and say, hey, do you want to be my partner? Just kind of look at him. Just kind of look at him. Just kind of scope him out a little bit, even if you don't know him. If you're married to him, you're probably forced to. All right? So they're your partner. For We're going to do a little thing called community time that we do from time to time here at Hope Des Moines. And here is your question. If you had a free day to do anything, okay, no limits. I'm not, there's no limits on money, where you could go, what you could do, what you could spend money on, travel anywhere, do anything. What would you do to get refreshed, okay? Not just what would you do, period. The goal is to get refreshed, okay? So for you crazy people that like go running and stuff like that, I don't know why that would be refreshing, but you need to be more rested after doing whatever you did than before, okay? That's the goal. The goal is not to go get exhausted. The goal is to get refreshed. If you could do anything, what would you do? So take about a minute and a half, turn to the person next to you and each share. What would you do? No limits. One day. Go. All right, I'm going to have you go ahead and wrap up. I'm sure you could go on and on and on and on. How many people said something about a place that's warm? Yeah, <laughs> I figured that'd be the case day, right? A beach, something like that, anywhere but here. We are still taking applications for Hope Jamaica, just so you know. So that's, uh, that's available. But I just want, okay, whatever you said, just kind of stay in that moment for a second. Now just, whatever that feeling was, just stay in that, Okay. That feeling of you just got done doing whatever you want to do, okay? And you're just, ah, refreshed. You're filled up. Whatever that feeling is, oh, it's so good, it's so great, it's so satisfying. Whatever that feeling is, okay, just hold on to that. That's what Jesus Christ wants to do inside of you. That's what Jesus wants to do in your soul because chances are whatever you're picturing in your mind or whatever you talked about was going to refresh you physically or mentally or emotionally. But here's the thing. Jesus says, I want to refresh you spiritually. I want to refresh you in your soul. And here's the difference, Jesus says, between what I'm offering you today and whatever it is that you came up with. And Unless you're an overachiever and you said, read my Bible and pray and be at Hope Des Moines all day. That's awesome. Good for you. Jesus says, here's the difference between my refreshment and the refreshment that you seek so often. Mine will last. Mine's not going away. And you can experience the refreshment of Jesus Christ on January 10th, right in the middle of, ugh, right in the middle of whatever's going on out there and right in the middle of whatever's going on in your family right in the middle of whatever's going on in your marriage or your finances or a difficult relationship or at work or whatever it is. Jesus says, mine's not going to fade away. Mine's not going to come and go. Do you really believe that? Or do you believe that the circumstances of your life have to get to a certain point or you have to buy a plane ticket or you have to go on a trip to get refreshed? Part of growing up and maturing in Christ is saying, the grass isn't greener on the other side. (laughs) Jesus, I can experience your refreshing right here and the grass is going to get really green right where I'm at. That's a part of maturity. 
is not looking to other circumstances to fill you up, but saying, Jesus, I'm going to take ownership of my own spiritual journey and know that you can bring refreshment right where I'm at. And best of all, Jesus says, my refreshment, what did, what did we see? It, it doesn't cost anything. It's free. In fact, that's what we read in our scripture reading for today from Isaiah chapter 55. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and take those out. That's just something we do here at Hope Des Moines. Everybody's got a Bible. If you need one, uh, the usher's got some extra ones. There's always ones in the back as well. So grab one on your way out. Isaiah is in the Old Testament, which is a majority of your Bible, believe it or not. We don't hang out there a lot, but it's excellent stuff. So Isaiah is kind of right in the middle of your Bible. If you just kind of open up uh, and then go a little bit to the right or the left, you'll find Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah 55. The prophet Isaiah is speaking to God's people, the Israelites, and they are in exile in Babylon. They're far away from home. They're not where they normally live. If you are in exile, if you are basically slaves to a foreign country, you've been taken out of your home, most likely you're a little bitter. You're a little angry, you're a little frustrated, you're a little dry, you're exhausted, you're anything but refreshed. These are completely unideal circumstances. Some of us are still so locked into that. If only this was different in my life, then I would feel better about everything. Or worse yet, then I would know that God loves me. Then I would know that he hasn't given up on me. But watch what God says through the prophet Isaiah to his people in the middle of exile, in the middle of captivity. He says this, Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you, uh, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Eat and drink for free? Sign me up for that, some of you are saying, right? Show me where that restaurant is, right? Did you catch the incredible promise here, though? Refreshment is available. And it's important to know in context, the prophet Isaiah and other prophets use imagery to speak of the salvation that's to come because this is hundreds, thousands of years before Jesus comes and nobody understands, like, Jesus is going to die on a cross and he's going to be our Savior. Nobody understands all that. So they have to speak in these images that people will understand. And one of the images that Isaiah uses for kind of entering into the salvation of God is water, is refreshment. It's kind of a metaphor. Who is this refreshment for? It's for everybody. And not only that, it's free. So how radical in a world that we live in, right? What's the old adage? Nothing's for free, right? Even if it's free, you probably paid for it somehow, right? Through taxes or something like that. Nothing's for free. This is for free. It's absolutely free. We live in a world where money equals power and money equals status and money equals opportunity. And God says, my love and my grace and my refreshment for you, it's free. It's available to you today. So no matter what you came in with here today, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter how much money's in your checkbook, no matter how big your house is or if you have a house or not, or if you have a job or not, if you're Democrat or Republican or whatever your belief system, whatever your church background is, this refreshment is for you. It's for everybody. But I have to tell you, refreshment is not going to come living for your hobbies. What does the passage say? Come to the waters. In other words, come to Jesus Christ. 
We can often live a version of Christianity without Jesus. Now I'll do the whole church thing, I'll go through the motions, but I've got all these other side projects that I do, and for some reason, I'm not filled up. Well, maybe that's why, because you're looking for life and things that can never fill you up. It's not going to come by living for your hobbies as fun and innocent as they are. You're not going to find refreshment by wasting each night on Facebook or in front of Netflix, and there's nothing wrong with those things. They're not going to fill you up. You're not going to find refreshment for your soul in reading the latest article that somebody posted on Facebook about how to be a better mom or how to be a better dad. Can they be helpful? Yes. Are they the word of God? No. What's the balance or the rhythm of your life between turning to God when you're weary and lonely and overwhelmed and turning to Facebook? or whatever everybody else thinks, or whatever everybody else is doing. What's truly going to fill you up? Refreshment is not going to come by being on an endless search to find that mate for the rest of your life. I guarantee it. I've talked to so many couples, and I, I, I finally found that person, and I am so in love. And then that wears off after a while. Married couples, can you attest to that? Do you always feel in love? It's a good thing love's not a feeling, right? Love's a commitment. You choose to love. Refreshment is not going to come by looking at somebody else's marriage and saying, if only I could have what they have, if only I could fix my spouse a little bit, right? Good luck with that one. If only I could fix my spouse a little bit, then, then I would be refreshed. Comparison is the thief of joy. We've talked about that before. Refreshing's not going to come by comparing yourself to somebody else. It's only going to come by going to the water. Not by just looking at the water, not by thinking about going into the water, Jesus says, but by coming to the water, going all in with Jesus. Do any of you remember, and this may be a long time for some of you, do any of you remember the first time you went swimming? Or the first time you went to a swimming pool? Did you just like run up to the water and just jump right in? Wow! And just jump in? Probably not. Maybe some of you that are weird. Yes, you probably did that, right? But that was not me. I was terrified. And I remember the first time, we have, we have old home video of this on like VHS tapes, like big, big tapes, you know, where the video camera was like on your shoulder like this. So my dad's filming and my mom's in the water and I'm standing there at the Story City Municipal Pool in the gutter with floaties on. Does anybody remember floaties? right? Something like that, those big things that are on your arms. I think I actually asked to double up. Could I, could I double up, you know? Can I just look like I have big muscles? I was petrified. I was terrified of going in the water because it was unknown. And I would just stand in the gutter and like, oh, I don't know. I think I'm going to go back to the concession stand or something. Like, I just didn't want to go in even though my mom or my dad was just constantly standing there. And I remember them saying this phrase over and over and over again. Jonathan, come on in. The water's just fine. Come on in. The water is just fine. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, the water's just fine. Just tell him that. The water's just fine. The water's just fine. Well, eventually I did take that leap, and we have historical Anninson home video footage of that, of me taking the leap with my floaties, kind of a belly flop, you know, into the water. But needless to say, a year later, I was all in, and I was probably doing, you know, 
you know, can openers and belly flops off the high dive with my older brother. And like, I would never have been able to experience the joy of that unless I came to the water. I didn't stand in the gutter. I didn't stay at the concession stand. I loved swimming and I spent endless summer days in the water. You can't experience that if you stand on the edge and think about it. A few years ago, a film came out called Soul Surfer. Anybody hear this one? It was based on a real-life story of, of a professional surfer named Bethany Hamilton. And she had this tragic accident where a, a shark actually bit off her arm. So you would think she's so scared of getting back in the water. I don't want to go back. I mean, think about it. It's ruined her old, she's a professional surfer. She needs her arms and legs. But here's the amazing thing the rest of the film, which we're not going to have time for today, but shows she comes back and she wins like the world championship of surfing with one arm. And you can't do what? She goes and has this terrible experience in the water, and then about a year later, she finds herself on a mission trip, and that's the clip we're going to see. She's on this mission trip, and there's all these refugees and kids that have been displaced, and they need homes, and, they're, and all the people are afraid of the water because of the tsunami that happened. And I don't want to go back in the water because all these bad things happen. But now it's safe, and now it's calm. And watch what happens when you don't just look at the water, but you enter in. Let's take a look. Notice it only takes one person to say, Come on in. The water is just fine. And who's the water for? It's for anybody. It's for little kids. It's for people that have had a terrible experience in the water. And maybe that's you. Maybe you've had a terrible experience with church. Maybe, maybe you've just kind of been bitter recently. I don't really know if I need this. I don't really know if I'm going to make it a priority. It's for everybody. And they would have stood there and stared at the ocean unless one person would have said, come on, the water's for everybody. The water's just fine. And that's the invitation of Jesus today. Come on. He's looking at you saying, come on, don't just stay on the outskirts. Don't just play Christianity. Don't just stand in the gutter with your floaties on. Jump in, come to the water. It's for everybody. And here's the thing, I think we miss the point of passages like this when we think, oh, you know, come all who are thirsty and drink. That's for people that don't believe. <laughs> That's for non-believers. That's for people that aren't Christians yet. You know, you kind of dry, you need some water. When's the last time you felt completely refreshed? When's the last time you felt completely filled up? What if these words from Isaiah were for us. Do you ever have one of those moments? I'm talking to those of us that are followers of Jesus that would say we're Christians right today. Do you ever have one of those moments when you're like, man, I just long for more intimacy with Jesus. I long for greater depth. I long for greater insight. I want to know him more. I want to follow him every single day. You ever want to have those moments where like, I know there's more. There's more. But chances are, based on the condition of your heart today, you may not be as filled up as you think because you've grown used to living half empty or completely empty or all dried up. And you think, well, this is what life with Jesus is like. What is the condition of your heart today? If, if somebody asked you, are you filled up? Are you empty? Are you dry? What would you say? What if... 
What if you could get filled up? Right here, today. Not when things get better, not when things pan out in your life, but right now. And I'm guessing on the condition of your heart, it's going to look like one of these three bottles that I have up here today. One of them is, well, is basically empty. There's a little bit left in there. It's kind of splashing around a little bit. Another one's just, well, it's pretty full. It's pretty good, but the water's just nice and still, nice and calm. And the other one, it's all filled up, just about ready to burst. What would you say describes your heart today? For some of you, if you're honest, you're feeling a little empty. You're like, well, I, I, was, I was full at one point. Things are really, really good, but I'm feeling a little empty right now. And often the danger is, as Christians, we're really good at pretending that we're here when really we're here. So what's the condition of your heart today? What if we were the kind of church where you could walk in, and even if you had this kind of week, <laughs> and somebody asked you how you're doing, instead of saying, oh, fine, great, another cup of coffee, <clears throat> yeah, everything's great, kids are great, marriage is great, work's great, everything's great. No, it's not. And that's okay. What if we were the kind of church where if you were having a here kind of day, or a here kind of week, or a here kind of month, that you could say, you know what? Things are really hard right now. I haven't had a job for four months. I hate the job I'm in. There's some tension between my wife and I. I'm really feeling alone and isolated. I'm really frustrated. The finances are really tight right now. Whatever it is, and instead of shock, instead of the person you're telling that to going, you can't say that, you're a Christian. You're supposed to have everything figured out. You're supposed to be here all the time. But what if you're not? What if instead of shock, what if our natural, normal, non-weird reaction was, can I pray for you about that? Not, I will be praying for you, but right now, here, can I just stop and pray for you right now? What if that's what we did after every single service? What if that was just normal? Can I just pray for you right now? We don't stay there. We don't stay in our anger, our stress, our bitter, our frustration, whatever that is. We bring it to Jesus. I'll also talk to a lot of people, about, and I'll ask them, what is God teaching you recently? Is, is God filling you up? What, what's he teaching? What's he, what's he filling up your tank with? What are you learning these days? What's, what's been the highlight of your faith journey over the last few weeks? Notice I said weeks, and here's the answers I get. Oh, man, I remember that one time, like five or six years ago, I went on that mission trip, and it was just awesome, and I got really filled up, and it was all the way up. It was so great. You know, I, I read through the Bible once, like all in a year. You know, how long ago was that? 13 years ago? Yeah. I used to be a part of this really great church. You know, when I was growing up, I was a part of this youth group, and it was on fire. It was, it was so great. It was so awesome. I used to be a part of this couple small group, and, and it was so great, and we were all so tight. You know, over time, we just kind of... Well, it just kind of disbanded a little bit. I guess, we don't really, I guess we don't really meet anymore, huh? You know, worship used to be a priority for, for me and my family, but now it's like there's so many things going on with the kids, and we've got so many commitments on the weekends, and, you know, I guess it just kind of, you know, if we can get there once or twice a month, that's, I think that's pretty good, right? I, I think that's pretty good. But on the inside, you know you're empty, it happens to the best of us, and you'll know what the common theme for all of that is. It's in the past. 
The highlights of your spiritual journey and what God has been teaching you is months ago, years ago, at a different place. What about now? What about today? And your tank's just about empty. And at the same time, Jesus comes just a couple chapters before in Isaiah 43, and he says this. Let's read this together up on the screen. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Do you not perceive it? Intimacy, refreshment today. I love, there's a song by Nicole C. Mullen called My Redeemer Lives. And there's a line that's kind of a throwaway line that she just throws in there at the end. And the the song is all about how do I know that Jesus is alive? How do I know that he's living and active and working in my life today? And the line is this. I know that my Redeemer lives. Why? Because I spoke with him this morning. Because I spoke with him this morning, because we had this time of intimacy together, and there's nobody else that I would rather be with. There's nothing else that I would rather do than just be with Jesus, because I love his word. It's better than anything else that I could spend my time on. So why would I not want to come to worship every single week and experience that with a whole bunch of other people? He longs to fill you up. He longs to fill you up. So how do we do that? We go back to the tried and true ways of getting filled up. First of all, making weekly worship a non-negotiable for you and your family. Spending time in worship and hearing God's word and being encouraged by our family. Maybe it's a Saturday night service. Maybe it's saying that's going to be our service. That's going to be the one that we come to and we serve at. That's, That's our thing. That's the reason we're doing it. That's the reason we're doing another service. Not to have another service or to be more busy, but so more people can experience the living water of Jesus Christ. So more people don't have to be empty. And notice it doesn't have to be, oh, I have to go to worship. It's a gift. Jesus wants to fill you up. That's why weekly worship is a gift. He wants you to receive that gift. Do you have a Sabbath yourself or as a family? Do you have a day where your family chills? Or you just go, go, go all the time. Is the goal to fill up the calendar? Or is the goal to clear the calendar for a day and say, God, this day is for you. For us to be together as a family. We're not going to accomplish anything. That's the point. You're not going to feel productive. That's the point. Do you have a day where you rest? Where you're modeling to your children that you stop working? That we don't wink at that commandment. We do it. And a part of that is coming to worship. How else do you get filled up? I can, I can speak to this one. Uh, if you're feeling empty, I, I wonder if today it just means that Jesus is longing to spend time with you. Not in guilt or condemnation, he's just longing to spend time with you. I know there's been times where I've gotten off track from spending time in God's word and scripture. And there's been times where I'll go days or weeks without reading the Bible. Yes, that's your pastor saying that. And, and then I'll come back to it and I'll just have this really sweet time with God in scripture, and it sounds so weird to say this as a pastor, but to say, man, this is so good. I should do this more often. Almost, I almost find myself thinking, this is refreshing, and I get filled up. Even if I'm empty, I get filled up. I should do this more often. What if, what if that was a a part of your everyday life? What if instead of saying, oh man, look at my schedule for the week, where am I going to fit in some time with God? What if you cleared your calendar at the beginning of every month 
And every single day, you made an appointment with the God that created you, and you're not going to break that appointment. Somebody asks you, what are you doing from 8 to 9? Sorry, I got a meeting. With who? Eh, he's more important than you are. Got a meeting. What if you put those in your calendar? What if you put Sabbath in your calendar? I'm not going to do anything. This is our family time. This is Sabbath. This is when I personally spend time with Jesus, and nothing's going to break that. And then we'll put in all the kids' activities, and then we'll put in all my appointments, and then we'll put in all the commitments and the social activities. You put in first what's most important. Here's the thing I'm not just saying that because I'm a pastor, you should read your Bible and all that. God wants what's best for you. You want to be a more patient mom. Be with Jesus. You want to be a man that makes a difference, that's focused, that lives with integrity? Be with Jesus. Be with Jesus. This, this is God saying, I want to give you this gift. I want to fill you up. How are you going to get filled up? For some of you, that's it. And for some of you, you're saying, no, it's not so much that one. Some of you are like, I'm doing really good, and this might be the most dangerous one of all as Christians because we say, you know what? I'm fine. I mean, you hear people say, I can't complain, right? It's, it's over halfway. I'm pretty filled up. What else do you notice about this? It's just calm. It's tranquil. There's really no challenge. There's really no joy. There's really no excitement. It's just there it is. There's no action. There's no passion. There's no adventure. The water's just peaceful. And that's the danger is when we're living this way, we don't think we need anything. And there's honestly certain views of Christianity that have us trapped into this belief that God's number one desire for us is to be comfortable and to be safe. The water's calm. Don't do anything to rock the boat. Don't do anything too crazy. The kids are all behaving. My, 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 uh, my spouse and I aren't arguing too much. I think I read my Bible once this month. That's pretty good, right? Chill. I'm fine. How are things, how are things following Jesus? Fine. But I don't want to step out of the gutter. I don't want to come to the water. I don't want to take a leap of faith because what if I don't have what it takes and, 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 and what if something goes wrong and, and, and I don't want to do anything too dangerous and we've believed this lie that if somebody says something that's challenging to us or we read something in scripture that makes us feel uncomfortable, that it must be wrong. Instead, I, I think Jesus wants the exact opposite for today. I don't know about you, but I'd rather be dangerous than safe. And I'm not talking about dangerous in a silly way. I'm talking about dangerous for the kingdom of God. I don't want to get to the end of my life and say, well, we kept things pretty calm. I want to make some waves, people. I want to make some ripples. I want to get to the end of my life and say, man, Jesus just came and shook me all up. I, I stepped out in faith and I did so many different things and I, and I got back on track with a small group and whatever it is, Jesus says, I want to come and I want to shake you up. And I don't know what that looks like for you today, but core starts tonight. Hop on in. Some of these classes that we talked about. Who is this man? Group launch. Nothing will shake you up and get you out of a place of, of being stagnant and complacent in your faith like community. And some of you are saying, oh, I've done that in the past and that was fun and I got all excited about my faith, but that's for the younger Christians. And now I'm just going to chill. I'm just going to be calm. Community is not a, well, when I have time, community is like what you were created for. 
Even if you've been following Jesus for 30 years, the people that I talk to that are growing and maturing in their faith say, I need a small group now more now than I did when I was young in my faith. Because it's so easy to get off track. It's so easy to think, I can do Christianity on my own. Maybe Jesus wants to come and shake things up. When, when, when Jesus comes and shakes things up for us, really exciting things happen. Because what I didn't tell you is this one's Sprite. Does anybody want to open it? Does anybody want to open it? I'll just, I'll just go ahead and open it right here. No, it's not Sprite. But this one is... And that's where some of you are at right here. You're like, what could be wrong with that? I guarantee this is, you can see the bubbles, right? Sprite, not Sprite, okay? And this is where some of you are at today. You are filled up. And God has given you passion and leadership abilities and experiences in your life. And he's calling you to lead. God has not filled you up. Some of you are saying, things are great. I spend time with God and his word every day. I come to worship every week. I'm in a small group. I'm taking a class, and God is filling me up. What's the common theme there? Me, 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 me. And we believe the lie that when things are good with me, that's the point of Christianity. Would you believe that God has filled you up so that you can overflow? Did I tell you this was Sprite? God hasn't filled you up, and God doesn't come and shake us up, say, take a class, take core, come to group lunch, join a group, whatever it is. God hasn't filled you up, and God doesn't come, I'm going to lose some weight up here doing this. God doesn't shake you up for no reason. He says, I want to shake you up so that we can take that lid off. It's right there, right? And that's where some of you are. Right there. And Jesus says, take the lid off. Come to the waters. Get filled up. Let me shake you up. Let me shake you out of your comfortable Christianity. And some of you are right there. And Jesus says, take the lid off and become who you were born to be. Lead. Some of you, he's given you leadership abilities. And some of you, he's ha- he hasn't. And he's saying, lead anyway. Because you know what? From Scripture, we see this. God's not looking for the qualified. He's looking for people that are available. He's looking for people that are surrendered. And some of you are right there. Just take the lid off and overflow. You have been blessed to be a blessing. What has God given you that's meant for the person that's sitting next to you today? Not for you to hoard and keep to yourself. This is a stewardship issue, folks. And here's the thing. We are really, really looking for some people that would lead some short-term groups. Would you step out in faith, whether you've done this before or not, Would you let God shake you up in 2016 and let the lid off? We're looking for some people that would lead some groups, couples groups, men's groups, women's groups. There's so many people that want to be in groups. We need leaders. We need people that are willing to step out and do that to where life is not all about you. Would you consider that today? How's your heart today? Which bottle are you? Stick around after the sermon. We're going to have an after party, and I'm going to take that lid off, and you're going to want to be around for that. (laughs) Exciting things happen when you let God work through you. What season of life are you in? And regardless, the answer to any of those is coming to the living water, because that's where you're going to get filled up. And the truth is, God has always used water as a way of filling us up, the living water of Jesus. The truth is, God has always used 
water. You think back to Noah and the way that God uses water and the flood to cleanse the earth. You think back to the Israelites and they're, and they're coming up on the sea and Charlton Heston, I mean Moses, stretches out his arms and right, the water splits. God uses water as a way to save people, to bring them through the waters from slavery to freedom. And before they came through the waters, they didn't know who they were. They didn't have an identity. They were slaves. They were nobodies. They were has-beens. And when they came through the water, now they had an identity. We're God's chosen people. We're Israel. We're his people. And now they have an identity. Until years later, they find themselves in Babylon as slaves, as foreigners, And here we have our scripture reading for today. They've forgotten who they are. God says, come to the water and let me remind you of who you are. That's why the prophet Isaiah comes in chapter 55 and says, come to the water. You guys remember that whole thing where God literally split the sea to save you? Have you forgotten that he's right beside you? Have you forgotten that he's for you, that he has a plan and a purpose for your life? He's brought you through the water. Have you so easily forgotten who you are? How do you start to get refreshed? Step one is coming to the water. And for us, it's not going back to the sea. For us, it's the waters of baptism. It's what Jesus invites us to. And I know when I say that word baptism, some of you are like, oh, I don't want to go there. You know, that's a pretty controversial topic, right? For some of you, you were baptized as infants and you don't remember it. And it doesn't mean anything to you. It doesn't mean God wasn't there. For some of you, baptism came later on in life after you said, yeah, I made the decision, I believe. For some of you, you've never been baptized before. You've never been baptized before. Now, I want us to take a step back today, and as we watch this final clip, we're going to tell the story a little bit of the Exodus and God's people and what that means for us. And I want you to take a step back, wipe your mind clear, and think about baptism in a whole new way. God saying, come to the water and get filled up. Come to the water. The water's just fine. Let's take a look. You keep reading, though, and after God brings Israel out of the water, you sort of wonder if he bet on the wrong horse because they still have struggles on their journey. They still have problems along the way. In fact, there are moments when you flat out wonder if they've lost their identity again after their Red Sea moment. It's like they keep listening to these voices that whisper to them or shout to them and say, you're not who you think you are. But maybe that's the point. God didn't bring them through the water because they would be perfect. He brought them through the water because he knew that they would wander and that they would need an anchor in their story a tether to their identity when lies get shouted at them about who they are in their future. Now, baptism for Jesus doesn't just look back to the Exodus. It looks forward to, because our deliverance didn't happen at the Red Sea with Moses' arms extended. It happened at the cross with Jesus' arms outstretched. We weren't rescued from Pharaoh's army, and we've been saved from the slavery of sin. It's not the waters that cleanse us, but they symbolize a life that has gone to the cross with Jesus and come up from the grave with a new identity of freedom in Him. As we're going to have moments when we're tempted to believe that we're the old us instead of the new us. You're going to have voices screaming at you that say that you're not holy, you don't belong to Him, you aren't loved. 
but you and I are given a moment to step into the waters, to feel grace wash over us from head to toe. Jesus says be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Your sins may seem to pursue you, but they've been drowned in the blood of Christ shed at the cross. We've been renamed, reclaimed by Jesus. We've been adopted as sons and daughters. We are children of God. Engage in a defiant act of protest against the voices of shame that chase you and tell the world that you belong to Him. So you're ready to take that leap to listen to the voice that's been there all along, the voice of the one that made you saying, come on in, the water's just fine. How do you get refreshed? You remember your baptism. And I have to tell you this, we've done so many baptisms this year, it's just been awesome. And normally I'm up here with like a, a little baby, a little cute infant, and you're all out there going, oh, that's cute, baptism's for them, but it has nothing to do with me everything to do with you. Because do you know that the reason that we say I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit is because we're reminding them and we're telling that child this is who you are and as you grow up you don't let the world tell you who you are. You have been baptized in the name of the Father which means you have a family. You have a community. You are part of the family of God. You are his child. You are his beloved son or daughter. You've been baptized in the name of the Father. You've been baptized in the name of the Son and all the love and all the affection that God has for his Son, Jesus, he has for you. And you have been baptized in the name of the Holy Spirit, which means God has placed his Holy Spirit inside of you and no matter where you go and what happens and what you do, he will never leave you. You are never alone. Those are God's promises for you. You are his child. You belong to him. So come to the water and be reminded of who you are. Be baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Remember who you are. And we were going to just talk about that today, and we talked as pastors, and we said, you know what? What else would we do on January 10th? Let's invite people to be baptized. We're not just going to talk about it. We're going to do it. And for some of you, you've never experienced that. And for some of you who were baptized a long time ago, and maybe today is the day to be reminded of who you are to reaffirm your baptism. And so what we're going to do is we're going to stand here in a little bit and we're going to sing a song called No Longer Slaves. And when we're done singing that song, we're going to invite you up. And anybody can just come on up. We're going to have the fount up here. There's no prerequisites. You don't have to fill out a form. Come on up. It's free. It's the free gift of God. Come on up and receive his grace and his love. And so as we sing this song, I'm no longer a slave to fear. We're not the Israelites in slavery in Egypt. We've come through the water. We've been renamed, reclaimed, and told who we are in the waters of baptism. I am no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. And if you need to be reminded of that today, come on up. So let's stand together now. Let's stand. We're going to sing this song. Let's sing it at the top of our lungs to remind ourselves of who we are. And when this song's done, we're going to invite you to come on up. So let's sing together, No Longer Slaves. You and